we want to be really transparent and that really appealed to me and that's how I became like head of sustainable transparency because for me that is very important that we really show our clients where their money goes exactly how the money is invested where it goes and why that's Eve Morelli head of sustainable transparency at Radicant Radicant's a Swiss digital banking startup that offers sustainable investments as well as day-to-day banking through their app. The Radicant app gives users the transparency to see where their money is going and why. Each investment is evaluated using the United Nations 17 Sustainable Development Goals as a framework, resulting in a rating that users can see on their app. This is a special sustainable fintech episode to coincide with the 2023 United Nations Climate Change Conference, also known as COP28. So this is my conversation with Eve. Eve has been working in sustainable finance sector for 20 years now, but she didn't always know she was destined to work in financial services. As a student, I used to tell my friends I would never work for a bank. But that being said, (laughs) it happened that 20 years later, I've spent most of my career in the financial industry. And um, I worked as a sustainability analyst. Uh, I had different positions within the financial industry for rating agencies, for asset managers, to create an ESG data bank, which is now became part of Thompson Reuters. And I also had a lot of uh, more client-facing positions. So... I was serving institutional clients, such as the big Swiss pension funds. And sometimes I got frustrated in my previous job before I joined Radicant that only a few clients could have access to the most sustainable products. And that's also why I decided when when I heard about Radicant, when I heard about the idea of Radicant, I thought that would be something. That's something different. Bringing the digital part, which is very new, with the sustainability part and all that for a bank. And the idea was to say, okay, we want to be really transparent. And that really appealed to me. And that's how I became like head of sustainable transparency. Because for me, that is very important that we really show our clients where their money goes. And not only a claim, but that we really tell them, okay, uh, not only tell them, but show them (laughs) on the smartphone app exactly how the money is invested, where it goes and why. If you had to explain it to your grandma, how would you explain what a sustainable fintech or sustainable finance is and why it does matter to people today? With the Radicant hat, I would say there, there are two main aspects of it. One of them is the banking side, and one of them is the investment side. On the banking side, I think many people are not aware, if I have some money on my bank account, what is being done with this money? It could be that the money that you have on your bank account, with that money, the banks are using it to allocate loans or to finance projects. I mean, some of them even in fossil fuels, for example. So that's one aspect of the sustainable banking. And the other aspects, which is more the investing aspect. So it it actually all started with a few exclusions, saying that we very often refer to um, religious beliefs or quackers in the US, who, for example, did not want to invest in certain activities. 
let's say, in alcohol, in tobacco, in armaments. So that's one aspect to it. Nowadays, many banks are also going one step further and saying, okay, we do not want to invest in fossil fuels. On top of that, with investing, you can also decide to invest in companies that are really making a positive contribution to nature and to society. And that's, for example, what we are doing at Radicant. We really want to make sure that we not only exclude some activities, some industries or some sectors, but we also want to make sure that we actually finance in companies that are walking the talk to the energy transition, that are also offering products and or services, contributing to making the society better and sustainable. We actually take the SDG, the UN Sustainable Development Goals, as a framework. These are 17 goals defined and also adopted by the United Nations member states in 2015. And it's been actually stated that looking at these goals, it was estimated that you need now 5.9 US trillion uh, dollar every year to finance them. But we need both public and private sector to work hand in hand. And both of them have a role to play. And that's why we took the SDG as our framework, as our investment framework. We also see them as opportunities because the world is changing. I mean, I don't know what you experienced, but for example, when I came to Switzerland, it was more, almost 17 years ago now, I went to the supermarket and there were not so many uh, organic products that I could buy from the supermarket. I would have to go to a special shop or to the market. Yeah, like a special organic market. Exactly. It, it was not mainstream to buy organic, sustainable at all. Yeah. No, it was not so widespread. What that means for investments is that if I had bet uh, 15 years back on organic products, then I would have been profitable. So yeah, it's not just limitations. There's a lot of business opportunity, like exactly. actual business opportunity in it. Not only you can make something good and you can try to make the world better, but you can also make money out of it. Who doesn't want that, right? Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> can actually be good for business too. But making more sustainable choices can be so complex. So many questions arise when you are looking to evaluate impact through the lens of the UN Sustainable Development Goals. Climate action is obviously one of the goals. And they also include poverty elimination, gender equality, and responsible consumption and production. You previously mentioned the UN Sustainability Goals and how you use them to achieve sustainable banking, sustainable investment. How does it work? We actually uh, decided to create our own financial products. So we created these three funds. And the way that we did is that we created our own methodology and rating. Many actors in that field, in the sustainable finance industry, they look more at the sustainability risks. And that's what we usually call ESG, I mean, environmental, social and governance. They look mostly at how the companies are doing business. And where we, with the SDGs in mind as well, where we really want to put the focus is what 
these companies are offering? What is their business model? What are the products and services? Do they provide solutions? So the way we do it is that we look at every single SDG, so every single goal, each of these goals, separately, and then we look at the percentage of revenues and uh, overall, what is the company offering? And I can imagine that to be a bit challenging as well, because you, you previously mentioned you, you use external data as well. Probably not all the data you need for this evaluation is available externally, so you would have to collect some data yourself. Yes. Yeah. How, how does that work? Um, how does that scale, actually? It sounds like a lot of effort, actually. We do not necessarily agree with every <laughs> uh, data or every result that we get. So we come to a point that um, we also sometimes have to do manual work and say, oh, well, our provider assessed this company in that way, but we might look at it in detail and slightly change the rating. For example, if I look at gender equality, which is one of the themes that I'm covering, It's difficult, or you, you have not so many companies that really provide directly solutions to help gender equality. I mean, you have some products such as contraceptives. You have uh, some companies providing childcare services, but there are not so many. So do you maybe have some examples, lo looking at your current portfolio of companies you assessed, um, were there any surprises you had, for example, in the assessment process? When I looked at our gender equality portfolio, I realized that um, we have a few luxury brands there. And I first thought, oh, okay, well, are they really sustainable or does that make sense? And uh, well, it's difficult for us to find any consumer or fashion or textile brands that are really sustainable, especially because we don't want to favor consumerism, which is not the most sustainable or not sustainable at all, let's say. We realized that we had a few luxury brands like Kering or LVMH and Hermes, for example. So that first came a little bit as a surprise to me when I saw that. But then when I digged into it, it actually made sense. How so? Because if you look, for example, at the workplace, at the percentage of women employee and the percentage of women executive, usually they're not aligned. You have very few companies that are really yeah. aligned here. I mean, some of them are, some are even more, but not many. But they're actually much better than most of the others. So it, it actually made sense. Looking at the, the approach that Radicant is having, shouldn't that be like the a standard at some point in the financial services sector? And <laughs> what do you think like the, the government should play a stronger role there, for example? When I started working as a sustainability financial analyst, I remember at that time, it was 2003, 2004, and I thought that my job in 20 years would not exist anymore. And I mean, it still exists, but it changed. And uh, I think it's good because I actually thought that these sustainability issues, they should be fully integrated into the financial valuation, into the way we look at the world and the companies. And that is happening. I mean, we can see now that uh, everybody talks about ESG. ESG is on every lips or sustainability. And, and I think that's, 
that's great to some extent. I mean, you have a lot of um, yeah marketing, greenwashing, and but on the other hand, the subject has been acknowledged and is being taken care of. So that's a good thing. But as for the regulation. I'm a big believer, but that's that's very personal. I, mean, I don't want to talk for, for the company or for anybody, but I myself, I really believe that regulation has a role to play, that it actually helps. I mean, we can't complain that the new EU regulation and the new EU uh, standards towards sustainable finance and sustainability in general, okay, they're a little bit complex. The EU Sustainable Finance Package that Eve is referring to here is a new set of measures released in June of 2023, aimed at supporting companies in the financial sector while increasing transparency of sustainable investments. Somehow, I think any type of regulation kind of help making the moves and making things moving because sometimes you can see that you have companies out there doing lots of things, or for example, changing their process to reduce the water they use to make uh, their industries or their buildings more energy efficient. But if you don't have any type of regulatory incentives, it's tough for them as well to stay competitive. So sometimes, very often, that's the argument that they want to go beyond regulations, but they also want to stay competitive. So as soon as you have the regulation, if you're already beyond, then it's actually, it helps you as a company. Let's maybe move a bit away from the methodology more into your like actual product and the mobile app that your customers will see. So could you explain a bit like what is the customer experience you offer and your products? Radican is the first Swiss digital and sustainability bank. And what does that mean? It means that you can open a bank account directly on your smartphone with your smartphone in five minutes. And I think simply that it's already um, something really cool. Uh, you just need five minutes and you can open your bank account just with your smartphone. For that, you have to be a Swiss resident. So that's the first condition. And the second thing is that one of the good things is that we really want to make sure that your money does not finance fossil fuels. And many people out there that do not know what happens with the money they have on their bank account. Our clients, with the money they have, we don't finance fossil fuels, for example, but we actually go a step further. We even invest in green projects. And also for every transaction now that uh, our clients make with their debit card, a percentage of the transaction fee goes to some mangrove restoration projects. So that's also one thing which is pretty cool that uh, even though you don't have to change everything in your lifestyle, but you have your banking app, everything on your smartphone, and without doing anything specific, you're already financing something which is good. Doing good on the fly, basically. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And on top of that, one of our missions, well, is also to um, like advocate for sustainability. So what we did is that we included a carbon footprint tracker in the app. So that's on the banking side. So normal bank account, and um, you can see the the carbon equivalent of each of your purchase, and that's a way to make people aware aware of their carbon footprint. So even though we're a bank, <laughs> our vision indeed is to co-create and enable a movement 
for sustainable world. So that's one way of doing it. So that's for the more for the banking side. And then on the investment side, the one thing which is also really cool is that our clients can start investing with thousand francs. So at the moment it's uh, like thousand euro. And that's a very low threshold. We really want to democratize investing. And I think that that's something that was also very important to me when I joined. And I saw that that's a great idea to make sure that investing should be easy and also accessible to anybody or most of the people. To me, that was an important point. And the other thing on the sustainable investment part is that we really have a unique level of transparency. Our clients can actually say if they have some preferences, for example, they want to choose to have a Swiss bias or they want to invest, let's say, in, um, I don't know, basic needs and good health and well-being. That would be like key themes. And then we take care of the rest. So that means you don't have to be a financial expert to invest. You can just define your preference. Your risk profile will be also defined after a small questionnaire. We really want to make sure that we show you where your money goes and you can see every single investment. So we really provide the deep dive. We show every single holdings in your portfolio. And for each of them, you can see our sustainability, what we call our SDG impact rating. If we take, uh, I don't know, Sonova. Sonova is a Swiss company. And then we would tell you, okay, we invest in Sonova because um, Sonova is making hearing aids. And uh, we think that's great because that enables people to, as their slogan say or their motto, uh, hear the world. That means kids with um, hearing impairments will be able to go to normal school because they use these products from Sonova. So these rationals that we give every time to our clients. And I think this combination is very unique. You mentioned that aspect, how you measure the footprint of every transaction. How does that actually work uh, in terms of like, where do you get the information? How deep can you go? What we measure is not the footprint of the transaction, but we measure the, um, if you go and buy a sandwich at the bakery <laughs> for lunch, based on the place where you bought these goods or services, then we do a carbon footprint equivalent. So based on the amount and the place where are the, the vendor. Sounds like such a cool data enrichment use case. Mm -hmm, yeah. Also, I have to say, when we launched that, I went to my colleagues and said, yeah, but why don't we ask our clients each time um, if they're vegetarian, if they have a car, how do they go to work? Uh, do they go by bike or, and these type of things? But I mean, there are many ideas. So I think we, yeah. Yeah, there's no limit to transparency. Um, no, <laughs> exactly. Maybe just um, another segment I want to touch upon um, is, I'd be curious if you measure yourself, like your own operations against that as well. Mm -hmm. We started to create our own sustainability report to make sure that uh, because we also we're a sustainability bank, we really want to walk the talk. So we also have to make sure that we report on that. <laughs> so we started to, um, yeah, that's something that's going to come. But um, I have to say, I, I worked in the financial industry for a long time. I worked in different places. And now sometimes when I come to the office, I feel like we're really nerds of sustainability. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's an important point. I mean, we really try to walk the talk. 
one important thing as well, for example, about what Vatican's doing, what I think I mentioned the fact that it's very unique to have this combination of digital and sustainability bank. But on the digital part, I think there were lots of challenges. We have everything based on the cloud, which was very new for the, the Swiss regulator, the FINMA. So that's also something that is somehow behind the scene, but that is very innovative. Well, one of my colleagues from IT um, once, because, you know, like in every company, everybody's always complaining that IT is too slow, that they should implement that and that. But there's a lot of things behind it, and I think they're doing a great job. And I remember once she told me, oh, but you know what? When I talk to my former colleagues, or it's always sometimes we don't have the answer because what we're doing is very unique and it's very new. And simply integrating all these different systems that and, and these partners we're working with, everything in the cloud, it's already very unique. I mean, it's also, in the end, a trade-off um, being even more digital or being a, like a digital native fintech and offering all the data transparency services you have, that in the end costs compute power as well, right? Indeed. And that also has a footprint in the end. So there's definitely a trade-off needed yeah. between that and having having the perfect uh, digital experience and, and being sustainable itself. Thank you so much already for sharing your, your insights and experiences on sustainable banking and sustainable investment. Looking into the future, is there any trends or any significant developments that you see in, in the space? Yes, I mean, I really think that the digital part is very important, especially with the new generation and, and even the little bit older like me. Or I can see that uh, I'm doing everything on my smartphone, for example. And sometimes I realize that my smartphone is even more important than my house key, because if I lose it, I lose everything, <laughs> including my bank account. I really think this digitalization and also the simplicity and also with everybody's getting older, for example, I think this investing part is also becoming important because somehow you also have to uh, put your money somewhere for your pensions and, and all that. For example, we, we had a small pop-up, which means we had a small um, physical branch of a digital bank for two weeks uh, in early October. And I think that was a very interesting experience to be able to talk to the people on the street and also to get to know what, what people are interested in and and also talk about radicants because because we're digital uh, it's difficult to reach the people and they have to get to know us and I think this part with the community and with co-creation and with the fact that um, we can try to bring people together and you say that in every industry I think this community thing that people want to buy things or, or be part of something be part of a movement and that could be be part of the movement for a sustainable world and one step to that is also your bank account so I think this sustainability trends I mean even though sometimes there are tough times I think it's really here to stay that for sure and the digital part will be just growing so do you have any final thoughts or a final message to our listeners um, that they should know about sustainable finance and the role of technology in it 
Yeah, I mean, it's like everywhere uh, technology is becoming more important. And I think it enables us to bring more transparency to make sure that they really know where their money is going. So I really hope they can take care of their finance first, and especially women, because women are underbanked. They're not investing as, as much as men. So yeah, that would be something. Love that. Well, thank you so much. Great talking to you. Thank you, Noha. Thanks a lot for the questions and for your time. It was fantastic to hear about the really important work that Eve does. Annika and Bianca, let's unpack our conversation a little bit. Nora, it has been a super cool conversation. What's specifically interesting for me is how do we see greenwashing popping up in the sustainable fintech world and how can it be avoided? Like, are companies walking the talk here? What's your perspective on this? Yeah, I mean, it was actually, it was super interesting talking to Eve about it. Her perspective, why Radican chose to not go with the usual ESG criteria, but come up with their own broader and and also in a way more, more stricter framework. The existing ways of measuring your your footprint, they leave a lot of leeway, so to say, for companies to do greenwashing. But I'd be even more curious to hear your perspective on this, Bianca, since, I mean, you're sitting in the UNESCO Global Business Council for AI and ESG. Yeah, a lot of our work there in the council, and, and I sit there with the head of technology and the head of identity, is to understand, you know, what is the opportunity that technology can play in bringing legitimacy to this space? How can we bring transparency in exactly what you said, avoid greenwashing, if we don't have set standards that are globally interoperable and understood? So are companies walking the talk? I think we're very early on. But one of the things that we know that, you know, drives the walking of the talk for corporations is not only awareness, but is the consumer. So if we discuss some of the difficulties that Eve shared in terms of the consumer market and how to evaluate companies that are creating products, like what are your thoughts? When it comes to uh, climate change discussions, this is can be quite an emotional topic. And a lot of consumers, humans feel like the responsibility is just put on them and their like individual behavior to fly less, eat less meat, um, etc., by only regional products, for example. But in the end, it's not just the consumer's responsibility. As a company, you can also steer in, in certain ways how, how the consumer behaves by offering in itself more sustainable products. Eve's last point in the interview was about how women are underbanked. We had some guests in the past, for instance, talking about Claudia Raspa, one of our um, managing director colleagues at BCG, about the challenges she faced in, in her career. Maybe, Bianca, from your perspective, what might be possible solutions for this? Well, let's, let's face the facts. How many boardrooms do you walk in and meetings do you walk in with decision makers and how many of you are there? Actually, in my case in London, I had a super cool counterpart. Um, okay. she, she was female and um, basically driving the complete program. 
she was super impressive. But first of all, this has not been the boardroom. And unfortunately, this has been of the few female leaders I had the pleasure to work with. The reality of the experience of myself and most people around me around, you know, what kind of diverse leaders have you worked that throughout your career, throughout your journey? Unfortunately, very few. Um, when you look at the financial sector underbanked and the investment side, the disparity is ginormous. When Eve talks about it, for me, is just, yeah, hell's yeah. And another reason for why technology can come in here and we can think of new models, we can think about how we really service our client. Have we really built products that are inclusive in nature? Yes, there's a lot of situations where I find myself being the only woman in the room. I actually want to hook in um, on another aspect of this, because even when we say we know the stats, that's because there is data and that's where technology comes into play and where technology plays a critical role, because you need to measure how many female leaders you have, how many diverse leaders you have. You need to measure how the whole value chain of a company is doing in terms of CO2, but there's also, um, you need to find ways to measure all these aspects. This has been FinTech Files, a podcast from BCG Platinian. This season, we will deep dive into the groundbreaking ideas shaping the future of FinTech. We want to hear from you, our listeners. What topics would you like us to cover and who are your dream guests? Drop us a line at any time at fintech-podcast at bcgplatinian.com. We would love to hear from you. Thank you so much for listening. Mm-hmm.